Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. Hello, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. I'm Sherry. And we are following up from our very last episode, which I think this will happen a lot, and it's a good thing we kind of run out of time as we're talking about something that's really important to us. And Mm -hmm. so we were covering in the last episode trust discussions. Trust discussions being the check-in that happens between partners in a recovery process. Yes. So that the person in addiction is accountable and can show honesty and demonstrate integrity and have a good attitude and for the partner to feel better about what you're doing. And understand what's actually going on and so that they can make the healthy decisions they need to make for themselves. And just like we talked about last time, I love this trust discussion concept because it is so much more than did you act out or not? What a what yes. a terrible, yucky thing to do every day. But this is so much more than right. that. It's emotionally connecting. It's um, really getting into healthy relationship things that you just do as a couple um, on a daily basis, a regular basis. And so it incorporates so much more of that and really is getting the, the two of you into better relationship space. Yeah. I really like that. And it needs to happen that way. It can't be something that becomes increasingly, uh, this is how I'm bad and broken and a failure. Mm -hmm. That's really, really hard to maintain. And so hopefully that episode was helpful. And this is a follow-up to that. So we were talking in the last episode on step six about slips and relapses. And the difference between a slip and a relapse being 12 hours. If you report any acting out, or pornography, masturbation, orgasm, within 12 hours, it is considered a slip. But if you don't, if it goes over the 12 hours, it is now a relapse. And that is where we left off. So let's continue talking about slips and relapses and 12 hours. Um, I think it's really helpful. David, tell us a little bit about why 12 hours. This is just from experience. Uh, A lot -hmm. of guys coming in here, it's 24 hours. I don't like 24 hours. That's too long. It's just me. And the longer you go. The longer you go, the harder it gets. So after 24 hours, guys are like, well, you know, I could probably probably get away with this time. I tell her all the other times. Uh 12 is just a lot simpler. It's to make the decision easier for you. It really is. Yeah. I've, I've had more success with 12 than 24. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that commitment. It helps you stay in that space of Honestly, committing to do it. I'm committing to do it. I'm just, just not going to, not going to even waver on it. Don't even waver. You don't need 24 hours. You just yeah. don't. And sometimes and if, you don't even need 12, no, right? No, you technically don't need 12. <laughs> I, I tell guys, don't wake her up to tell her if she's yes. already asleep. Don't wake her up. That's kind of the reason, I think, for it being 12. Because, you know, you give them a little bit of space if you're sleeping and whatnot. But the earlier that you do it, the better. Good point. You don't have to wait till hour 11. Mm -hmm. Most of my guys that I'm working with when they're in this position, they share within an hour. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where you should be. That's where you want to be. That's mm-hmm. a good, safe place to be. Yeah. You're, you're not giving yourself doubt. You're not allowed to take too long to rethink if maybe they need to know this time. Exactly. It's just too complicated that way. And so, yeah. So I think the 12 hours is more like, okay, well, it's been overnight. Again, don't wake her up to tell her. That's no. not going to be helpful. But, you know, as soon as you can, let her know. And it just takes all of the pressure actually off of you because right. you don't have to sit and think and think and, oh, I don't know. Should I be honest? Should I not? Yep. Exactly. It's, it's a lot of pressure. And then answer any questions again that your spouse has. And with the spouse, we always talk about, okay, how much information do you really need? There's a lot of information that's not going to be helpful, but some of those basics are. And, and by the way, I'm just thinking of something here that always comes up. PMO, pornography, masturbation, orgasm. MO is pretty clear what that is. P isn't always so clear. So let me clarify. Mm. Porn is anything that arouses you. And so what you have to report is any behavior or action. Now, let me explain. If you go up to the address bar and start typing breasts or whatever, and you don't even hit return, you delete it and close it out and had a good idea to just get out of it, that's Mm -hmm. still porn. That's still a slip. You're not in big trouble and you're not a bad person. However, it went from thought level to action level. Mm. And so it doesn't necessarily mean, well, I didn't look at anything. And so it's not porn. Uh, we're, We're trying to recover. We're trying to build your highest and best self. We're not going to go with anything less where you're scrolling down the sports scores and you see swimsuit edition for Sports Illustrated and you click, but then you exit before it shows up. That's still porn. Again, you're not in big trouble. We're just really trying to teach you that any behavior towards that direction. Behavior, action. Yes. I like that clarification. Yeah. So a lot of guys will say, I didn't actually see anything when in fact they were looking. (laughs) Well, it's the looking that Mm -hmm. does it. So I just want to make that clarification. Or clicking. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to see it if you've clicked, but... It's that you've stepped beyond thinking about it yes. into the action space. Which is a perfect lead-in to step seven, because step yes. seven is the final step, and this is the thinking. And this is great. This is my probably favorite part of this. Well, okay, that's not... I mean, they're all my favorites, but <laughs> this one I think is a critical space because, again, it's taking it that next step back. And this is the manage report and that is managing, we're teaching, you've, you're moving from out of the space of action. And now we're looking at what's going on mentally for you, right? Because the difference between this type of process addiction and, for example, alcohol or something like that um, addiction is, you know, with alcohol, you actually have to act and get that substance into you. With uh, a sexual addiction, you can be having all kinds of dopamine drips and everything going on in your head if you're not managing your thoughts, managing the lust. Right. It's just going, you know, you can be acting out 24-7 up there in your brain. Right. And so this is that next step back. Exactly. So with this managing, you're going to report either... I managed or I didn't manage and managing your lust. And this is what that means. If you're not managing, 
you are either lusting or fantasizing. Lusting would be uh, thinking about body parts. Fantasizing would be imagining touching, imagining sex, or you can be doing both, right? And managing is the following. The first one is not, if you are managing, you are not looking at a person for more than two seconds sexually. It is not looking twice or more for sexual purposes. And that includes things like double takes. And it is not sexualizing or fantasizing for more than 10 seconds total throughout the day. And those are thoughts, images, stories, things that, you know, are going on in your mind that way. Right. So this is a really good way for you to put boundaries around your thoughts, which for most of the guys that I talk to and gals that come in here, they just haven't had any. Mm -hmm. And I, most of the time, they will follow this and they will manage. They just needed to know what. And so it's super helpful to them. So just a quick review. If you look more than two seconds, you did not manage. If you do a double take or more, you look twice or more, you did not manage. And if you fantasize for 10 seconds or more total throughout the whole day, you did not manage. And again, not because you're in big trouble. We're not trying to beat you up. We're trying to train you to be more disciplined around your sexuality. And even more aware. And lusting, more aware. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if if unchecked, this thing gets big. Mm -hmm. Guys know this. And so there has to be a way to say, okay, so what would be appropriate, not appropriate in my mind? Well, I think that this defines it pretty well. What your spouse would hear, though, is I managed or I didn't. That's it. That's it. Those details, they're not going to get. For example, if I'm on uh, my lunch break in the mall and a woman going up the escalator is wearing tight white pants and I do a double take, I did not manage. But what my wife would hear is I didn't didn't manage. manage. And if she says, well, what did you look at? Who was it? What part? That is not her business. Not helpful because (laughs) Because... on our next date night, I mean, we are trying to rebuild here. On our next date night, all she's going to do is scout for women in tight white pants. So Mm -hmm. creating a hyper anxiety or hyper vigilance, the betrayal already does that. We don't need to add to that. So that's a detail that's not important. And women often struggle with this one, but I try to Mm -hmm. explain it like, He's got to have room in his head to figure it out. Now, yes. if he doesn't discipline it at the thought level and it becomes action, then you get the details. Yes. That's fair because he had the opportunity and he couldn't. But if he's managing upstairs in his or mind. Or working on managing. Yeah. The manage report makes it tricky, right? It sounds uh-huh. like he's not. But as long as it's not becoming action or behavior, he's actually doing okay. He's, yeah, he's figuring it out. He's, he's figuring processing. it out. This takes a long time. And, and this is, you know, something if you think about, like, are, do you like all of your thoughts on display for everyone? You know, do you want him to think, to know every single thought that you were thinking about his addiction and relationship and how you feel about things? No, our, our minds are space for us to learn better skills, right. to learn that process of, and figure things out. Sometimes we're not having right. a really great day or whatever. Yep. So that is, that's, that's his or hers. That's their space to go through and figure things out. Now, if they, if they want to recover, 
then they're going to work on that managing space. Exactly. And it's fair that you know how they're doing up there. Just mm-hmm. not specific details. Yes. But I, it's totally fair to say, okay, did you manage or not today? In other words, how sexual are you becoming? And I have to add something here. The goal, by the way, is not perfect managing. That's just not possible. So mm-hmm. if a guy comes in here, I say a guy a lot. I really mean either or whoever's in addiction. But if, if a guy comes in here and... He hasn't ever done anything like this before. We teach him the trust discussions. We teach him the manage report. The goal is that in 30 days, I'm pretty confident he's not managing 30 times in 30 days. The goal is that that goes from 30 to 25 to 20 to Mm -hmm. 15 to 10. And I think most guys, whether they're sexual addiction or not, and this isn't an excuse, we know from scientific research, our brains are actually different. And guys notice certain things more than women do. We process things differently than women do. And most guys, sexual addiction or not, will have days out of the month that they don't manage. The goal for them, at least what I tell them, is to keep that under five. And you can go to zero and that would be fantastic. But I make sure the wives know that this isn't some measure of if he's in recovery or not. Yes. Well, last week he had one day he didn't manage. Yes. That's actually really good. Um, So we just want to make sure it's not used as one more club to beat him over the head where, well, you did not manage today. And this happens a lot where even though he's not slipping, there's no relapses. He's doing Mm -hmm. the trust discussions. He didn't manage and it can kind of get blown out of proportion. He's a sexual addict likely, and this means that his mind is making big adjustments. And women um, can be very triggering for men. I hope that's not news to anybody listening. So (laughs) especially nowadays with culture and everything going on. And and you move into the summer and it gets worse then. It's tough. So just know the goal is not perfect managing. And, but we do want there to be a lot better managing than there was before. And depending on how much there was, but the goal is definitely to be once a week or less. And if Mm -hmm. none at all is, that's amazing. It's happening. Great. That is great. That's great. Yeah. Yes. So it is, it is something where, yes, it is going to be a measure if, you know, six months out, it's still every day you know, not managing. Right, exactly. We need to be able to measure that because if we're not making progress on the managing, guess what? We're not making progress in recovery, period. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely something that is not going to be a a perfect all the time, every day for the rest of of your life. You're going to manage, um, maybe potentially, I don't know, but, um, (laughs) but it's the goal is to give some space to back it up, to be more aware of what is going on in your mind and um, setting healthy boundaries mentally around that. Yep, exactly. So that covers the trust discussions. Again, as a reminder, once he or she has gone all the way through these seven steps, you would switch roles and now the spouse would share the first three and Which those is are the yes. intentions, your challenges, how you feel, emotions, and then how you feel about the relationship. Mm-hmm. So both of you are are participating in this. Just short term, uh, the person struggling with addiction goes all the way through all the steps. And again, steps five, six, seven can be put in a notebook if it's just a little too hard to talk about. 
Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't have to share or be honest about it. Oh, no, he does. We just sometimes need to avoid. And honestly, talking to the wives I've talked to, you will have days where you just don't want to think about it. You don't want to hear it. You're mm-hmm. kind of tired of the issue. And it's like, oh, trust discussions. Here we go again with your problem and your addiction and your... Sometimes you just need a break. Not for him from reporting, yes. just for you from hearing it. So that's what the notebook's for. Yes, yes. And again, um, it's for 100 days of sobriety, and then things can kind of shift. But the reset is not just for slips or relapses, but it's also for the honesty report. So you right. reset that 100 days if there are slips and relapses or if there's an I haven't been completely honest. Right. And and I'll I'll tell the guys doing this, hey, look, if, if you go two days or more not initiating trust discussions, they start over. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good point too. If you can't be serious about this process, then... We'll, yep. we'll start start the 100 are, days you've over. got to be absolutely committed and don't be that guy who drags his feet drags his feet and his wife is sweating is he even acting out i have no idea where he's at because he's not sharing with me and he's not acting out it's just hard for him to do the trust discussions i'm going to have yes. to talk emotions i'm going to have to so i'm just not doing anything and mm-hmm. now she's worried and going to worst case scenario too hard so let's keep this consistent yeah, so it's sobriety or not initiating trust discussions for two or more days. Yeah, if you, if you so just you stop doing them, you're yes. starting over. 100 days of sobriety and or <laughs> or 100 days of, of being of consistent for those 100 days with, you know, whichever one is, ends up being longer. Yeah, some guys are sober when they start this, and I say you do 100 days anyway. Mm-hmm. At the end of that 100 days, if you're still sober, congratulations. This will yes. go to steps one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So. And I like, let's talk for just a second about the 100 days. Why 100 days? Um, I initially did 90 because mm-hmm. we know from brain research that after 90 days, the brain yes. has reset a lot of the chemical imbalances mm-hmm. caused by addiction. Right. And, and this is, this could be another episode, honestly, but. We'll do another episode on it too, for sure. But addiction causes brain damage. Yeah. You would be surprised what addiction can do to your brain. And so the brain has to heal. Mm-hmm. Dopamine levels have to return to normal. All sorts of things have to happen. And so 90 See, days is just a good reset. That's I say the beginning. It's even. Yes. Yeah. It's the <laughs> beginning. It gives you that little extra space, you know. Yeah. And that's what I'll tell clients is if you're if you're acting out every two and a half months. There's still a problem, right. you know, your oh, brain definitely. still hasn't been able to reset. And and especially like Sherry talked about, if you're still lusting, you're still fantasizing, maybe mm-hmm. you're not acting out, but you're still feeding that thing mm-hmm. and it's not going anywhere. So with yep. the manage report, with boundaries, hopefully this is a shift from what you've done before. We want to talk a little bit more about bottom lines, which was step five from last episode. And also consequences. We, we wanted to talk more about that. And there's just a lot of time that we could put towards consequences. Because if some of these, some of these things happen in the trust discussions, there has to be consequences. So we're going to talk about what that is and what it means. But following up from step five, so there were seven steps in the trust discussions. And step five is a bottom lines report. And that's where you share if you've broken any bottom lines. And so here's, again, what bottom lines are. 
Bottom lines are meant to keep you out of any place, situation, circumstance that makes it hard for you to stay sober. And so bottom lines are personal and particular to how you act out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a little bit different. And that's why bottom lines are something that they create because bottom lines are going to look different between two different people. Often they're going to look different. So for example, a bottom line is, is going to keep you out of a situation where it's hard for you to stay sober. Taking your phone in the bathroom alone is a common one. Browsing the internet alone is another common one. Late night kinds of things like I'm, I'm working, I have this big project and I'm over somewhere in another room on the computer working on my project mm-hmm. at like midnight, one in the morning. That's another one. These are all things that put us in a position to, to fail. And it can be very hard, especially if we're already stressed, worn out, tired. We don't want to do that. So part of this trust discussion process is the person in addiction will identify, and with their spouse's help, that's great, situations that are hard for them. And then you write these down. So no internet alone, no electronics past eight o'clock. If you miss dailies or something that you've already set up as an important part of your recovery process for maybe two days or more in a row, that would be breaking a bottom line because again, could be yes, you're not being very safe. Mm-hmm. Anything that makes it so you're not very safe, that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So maybe there's an app that you commonly use to act out or reach out to other people. Maybe that goes away. Um, you know, just thinking through, again, we talked about in the last episode, those, those rituals, those patterns, kind of bringing them out of the subconscious, looking at, okay, where do I normally have problems? What are my thought processes? How do I get here? And then, um, putting bottom lines around, and these can even be around things around your, your health, like, Uh, something around maybe not getting enough sleep uh, regularly. That could be something that ends up becoming a big problem for you. So you don't want to have a million of these. (laughs) No. (laughs) The biggies. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful to say, let's go back to the last uh, three or four or five times you acted out. What were the circumstances? And let's see if we can find some, some commonalities like you were home alone mm-hmm. or it was late at night and you were tired mm-hmm. or feeling overwhelmed. We're looking for those sorts of things so that we can guard against them. Mm-hmm. And it helps to go back to the last couple of times that this has happened. Yeah. So those are ones you're going to go ahead and write down and then report in that bottom line reporting. And sometimes as you do that, or as you go through the trust discussion process or the recovery process in your groups with your therapist, you will notice other ones that Mm. either come up because maybe these others you've been better at, or that you realize, oh, actually, this is a little more of a thing than I thought. You can add that bottom line in. Right. It's fluid for sure. For sure. And so that goes back to step five where you're reporting if you broke any bottom lines. Those are the bottom lines you're reporting if you broke. Now, why is that important? Because some of these steps, if they don't happen, or for example, 
from the last episode, if there is a slip or a relapse or there's not honesty, there needs to be a consequence for those. If there's no consequences, it's kind of more like a suggestion. Yes. Which probably is not going to work very well. And you're worn out having already made lots of suggestions that haven't worked and don't go anywhere. So let's talk about consequences. Consequences. For which are really boundaries. Yes. They're boundaries because boundaries are not just saying something, but it's the action afterwards. And this is a little different. Um, this particular discussion is going to be a little different than some of the boundary work that we'll talk about in other uh, episodes around the spouse and keeping herself safe. This is a slightly different because these are uh, boundaries with the uh, attending consequences that you come up with that are for the relationship. And so it's going to be a joint effort. These, this section is going to be a joint effort. You're working together to, um, to determine what consequences are going to arise. So it's not, um, the spouse saying, okay, this is what's going to happen and you're going to have to do all these things. That'll meet a lot of resistance. Yes. <laughs> and isn't isn't as helpful. It's a joint effort to say, okay, how can we work on this together and what types of things can we put in, into place here? It's not, um, we'll talk about this in future episodes, boundaries are not punishments they're not trying to coerce the other person or make them do something. Um, it is simply to hold, uh, hold, to have some accountability, to hold others accountable. And in this sense, you're both working on that together to decide how will it best work to hold um, the betrayed or the betrayer um, accountable or the addict. Right. So. That's kind of what we're looking at as we're going into this step. So it's it's just a real accountability that has to be there. Again, suggestions won't work very well. So when we think about consequences, the first couple of steps are sharing, and then the last steps are more reporting. And among the things that the addict is reporting is whether there was a slip or a relapse or a broken bottom line or if they managed or if they didn't manage. And again, that's step seven, referring to your thoughts, referring to lusting. So we create consequences for all of those. We create consequences for the broken bottom lines, for not managing, for slips, for relapses. And again, the difference there is 12 hours. That's the difference if it's a slip or a relapse. And I add, if there has been little to no progress Yes. I've, I've learned doing this that things can just kind of be going well in terms of like the trust discussions, but really there's not Stagnate. much happening. Yeah. And so I put that in there just as a reminder, we got to keep moving here. So let's talk a little bit about some ideas for consequences because this can be a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, it tends to be more of, you know, I'm the person who's been betrayed and I'm hurting and I'm angry. And so I want the consequence to be something that kind of, for lack of a better way, beats them up. Yeah. Punishes them. <laughs> punishes them. Makes, makes them, them change. Suffer. Makes yeah. them realize that they need to do something different so I can feel better. 
And, and frankly, if you take that just at its very baseline, that's actually manipulative, right? I'm going to make you feel this way so that you will do something different so that I will feel okay. And so we definitely want to stay out of that space because that is sort of at the opposite end of what we're trying to accomplish. A, a boundary is sort of the opposite end of that manipulative space. So what you're looking for is trying to create safety, maintain integrity, um, and have that accountability. Right. Really good point. Uh, and that's a good measure if you're in a good place. And ideally, so what I'll often say is think about the consequences together on like a date night when it's not right after one of these has been broken, but rather you're both in a good place and you can talk about it a little more logically, a little more reasonably, but you have it decided ahead of time so that there's no, in the moment of upset and anger and distress saying, well, then you're going to have to, and again, it's more a reaction. Mm -hmm. So we want to try to avoid that. So here are some ideas. I know you're thinking, okay, I've heard about this. Now, what are some good consequences? I hear this all the time. And so I hope this is helpful. And again, I want you to conceptualize a consequence in this case as something that connects. We want them to feel connected. We want them to feel benefited in some way. We don't want them simply to feel like they're bad and broken. Now, And again, since you're both working on it, you can also say, you know, as you're considering consequences for yourself, consider something that is going to be connecting to me. Yes. Connecting to their higher power, themselves, to you as their spouse. Some form of connection is a good consequence. Now, ultimately, depending on what happens, it may not feel that way. And you might have to be a little more strict. We'll talk about that. But that's the idea behind the consequences. So here are some ideas. If there is a broken bottom line or not managing or a slip or a relapse, you can have a consequence where there's a period of time where they're not sleeping in the same room. They're out of your bed, they're out of your room, maybe in the guest room downstairs. There can be a period of time where there's just not communication Maybe for a few days, you're taking time and space and they are still doing the trust discussions in the notebook, like we talked about, which is an option. It doesn't always Mm -hmm. have to be face to face. This is one of my favorites. You can have a writing assignment for them about any topic that you want. For example, if you read a really good article on addiction, you may want them to read it and report, Mm -hmm. which is helping them to learn. This is a good thing or research a particular topic and then report. It could be about betrayal trauma. Hopefully there's some of that already happening Mm -hmm. because the better the addict understands betrayal trauma, the better this process. But you might find something that you really like and you want them to lead off and share with you what they're learning. Yes. Sometimes it can be uh, also helping the betrayed person with some of their responsibilities around maybe the house like maybe they the betrayed person maybe gets to sleep in and the betrayer goes and gets the kids up or whatever ready for school that day or something where they might have a little bit more space to just kind of breathe and and whatnot yeah 
Um, another really good one that I like is you meet with someone together. This could be a therapist. It could be, you know, uh, a church leader. It could be someone that you both trust and respect that can just help you to see things a little more clearly. It can be someone getting additional alone time. So if the addict is really struggling, maybe the consequence is for the spouse to have more time for her time away girls night out or whatever she wants mm-hmm. or him or him yep it can yeah. be like sherry talks about some sort of act of service like maybe um something that's important that needs done that you're giving them or that they're choosing i say giving them like, yes like, like yeah charged. i keep saying come back to like you're both working on this you're both working on this and really together these aren't the consequences ultimately unless everybody agrees that they are mm-hmm. and that's why you're putting this together in a good place, like on a date night. Mm -hmm. And saying, hey, uh, you know, a lot of times the addict has some just really great ideas around what they feel like, gosh, you know, if I, if I slip or if I have a, you know, broken bottom line, I would really, I think this would be really good uh, for me. And so definitely doing that together is, is going to be the important aspect of this, an important aspect of this. Um, you know, there might be a project that, that hasn't been done around the house or something like that's been put off for whatever reason that the two of you might say, hey, yeah, this this would be a great thing to get done if there's something a little more, uh, if there's been some type of a, a broken uh, bottom line or a relapse or something like that. Mm-hmm. So another one that's really good is looking at some of those um, dailies that you're doing. Maybe maybe doubling up on some of those dailies, uh, doing extra, extra connecting with God or extra recovery work in some way, um, extra meditation. So having something that's going to be really meaningful, that's going to be connecting or helping the relationship uh, in some way, um, as always, as always going to be a good thing to think about. And dailies will likely do a future episode on dailies. Dailies are just those things that you do every single day that keep you in a good place and not even so much keep you in a good place as rebuild your life. And Mm -hmm. I like to often say we're working on you version 2.0. So David 2.0, really Mm -hmm. the goal is for me to become my highest and best self. And I need to change the way I think I need to change my activities and behaviors and the dailies help accomplish that. So that's what we mean by dailies things yes. that we're doing every day Thanks for clarifying. to help us in this process. Um, some others that I like ultimately some of the more serious consequences is, you know, the addict staying somewhere else short term or possibly longer term. It may be a therapeutic separation. Kind Either in house or out of house. Mm hmm. Those therapeutic separations can really be very helpful. And these also, again, just like everyone's going to be a little different, so your consequences are going to be different, we're just giving you a tiny little spattering of options. Really, there are so many things out there that you can choose. And I think one of the reasons why we just – give you a couple of these is it's so easy to get in that very narrow-minded space. And I think we, we talked about that in, 
in the episode we were when we were talking about the steps to recovery for the betrayed partner, you don't want it, it when you're in that. I don't know what to do. It's usually extremes. You you can only think of extremes, and there's so much gray area in there. So we're throwing out a couple of things here. There's a million other options that can be really helpful and really specific to the two of you and what you're you're going through and the specific needs of your relationship. But also the consequences should build an intensity from all the way at the bottom of the broken bottom lines and not managing all the way up to um, a relapse, which is more serious, right? right? So as you're looking at them and you think of some, you may think of them even a little more independently of maybe the number on here, like, oh, you know what a good consequence for me would be? if I did this project around the house and then you kind of come up with another one. And so just make sure that they fit within that, um, build of intensity so that, uh, so that it gradually gets more intense. Right. Which can be a little bit tricky, but this brings up a really good point. If, if we go from least serious to most serious, again, a broken bottom line is, the bottom line is meant to keep you safe. And if you forget to bring your phone or, or leave your phone outside the bathroom, that should be a pretty light consequence. There yes. wasn't acting out. There wasn't a slip. It just was a broken bottom line. And We're not so that's separating why, over that. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> so a broken bottom line would be starting point. Next to that, what I usually do is if there's three days in a row of not managing, two, I think, is can be a a little bit much for someone who doesn't manage by these standards Mm -hmm. every day and has every day for, for months and years and possibly decades. And so what I will say is, yeah, they need to be more aware. However, if it's two days in a row, kind of heavy, let's go three days in a row. Yeah. But that is subject to the two of you figuring this out. I just usually recommend three days mm-hmm. or more of not managing than there's a consequence. And again, a, a less serious one because it did not mean you know, that they acted out or that anything turned into behavior. They're just still learning to discipline their thoughts. Yeah. And that, again, can start to shift over time because if you have, for example, someone who's been... Um, who actually is managing pretty well, then you might drop that down. You know, that sometimes people are not managing for long periods of time. And sometimes people are actually not doing as, as poorly on that. So, so definitely something to be aware of, but if it has been a real constant thing, then starting with that three days is a good idea. Good point. So after the not managing in order of, Severity. Severity (laughs) would be a slip. And again, a slip is acting out, but honest within 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different thing than if there's not honesty. And so after a slip would be a relapse. And this is where there's acting out, but they did not share within that 12-hour time frame. Yes. And I like, you know, just to go back and clarify from when we were talking about the slips and the relapses earlier, that those... um, the acting out is any action taken toward. So even clicking on something, clicking out before you see something or typing something into that toolbar, but you got out of it before you actually did anything. And this is different. This is really different than a lot of the um, 
slip and relapse definitions that are out there. And the reason why we do this is because you have stepped beyond thinking into the action space. So anything that you're doing that's stepping beyond that action space or into that action space would count toward that slip or relapse. Right. And again, we're not trying to beat the addict up. We're trying to help them. We're encouraging, we're inviting awareness of their mm-hmm. own headspace. Yes. Because we're not usually very aware of this. And especially if you're trying to overcome this and it wouldn't matter if it was pornography, masturbation or eating or, or automatic negative thoughts. And you're working through depression and fighting your inner critic. There has to be an awareness in this process of, okay, what's going on inside me and inside my head? What yes. am I thinking? So it's encouraging awareness. Hopefully it does not feel like it's we're beating you up and you just can't do any anything little right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's simply that difference between in your mind, which is that managing space and outside when you've actually taken any type of action. Exactly. So relapse. And then what I tend to think of is maybe not worse, but an issue as well is if there's just little to no progress. And I like to say 45 days of little to no progress because this can take time, but often after 45 days, and it's almost more of an attitude. Mm-hmm. As the partner of someone in addiction, you'll know where their attitude is at. And they can have bad days or off days, but you'll kind of get an overall sense of this is really something they're striving towards or not. And if it's not, if it's not just a bad day, but it's actually just an attitude of, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know how much I really want to work on this. I don't, you know, maybe it's hopelessness or whatever, but I'm just not really doing much, putting much into this. Well, there needs to be a consequence for that too. Otherwise the relationship is in danger. Mm -hmm. It's just stagnated. It's not going to improve. And that's not going to work for anybody. And, and finally, what if there's lying or deceit? And this can be a little more tricky because there's, there's white lies. Like I also grabbed a burger when I got gas. Uh (laughs) They're in the habit of lying and those aren't on the same level as intentional deceit. And they're, they're hiding something. So that takes some, you know, finesse and figuring that all out. But there has to be consequences for, for all of that it'll make the process a lot easier and let the consequences do the heavy lifting. Then if something happens, you're hurting. You don't have to worry about, am I in my reactivity going to kick them out when maybe I shouldn't be kicking them out? Go to the consequences, put them somewhere. Mm -hmm. You both see them. They're, they're easy to have access to and let that decide what's going to happen. It takes all the pressure off you to know, especially when you're flooded and overwhelmed and just really hurting. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we talk about some of these consequences and ideas of, of options, if there's a written assignment, if there's, you know, a project that it needs to be done, um, let's talk a little bit about how long, you know, what, what's the time frame? It's like, oh, I'll do that in three weeks. <laughs> good point. And actually, that's a really good point because I just talked to a couple this week about that. Where that was a consequence, but it just was not happening. Yep. (laughs) Good point. So definitely make sure that you you have those time limits on that. It's got to be a time frame, yep. um, I I would say, well, I guess it depends, again, on what what the consequence is. If it's a major project in the house, you're not going to say, okay, by tomorrow night. By tomorrow night, basement's finished. Yep. But maybe... um, 
if it's an article or something, you know, I would say a couple of days, um, probably not more than three. Again, you know, two days is a pretty good time frame, but if you hit that third day spot and they just haven't read that article or whatever, then there's additional consequence. Um, you can move it up to the next, the next level consequence. Yep. And it's good to have a conversation about, well, how many days of not managing in a week might equal a slip. Yes. That's a kind of another, yeah. Next step up. Or how many days of broken bottom lines in a week equal a slip or how many slips in a week equal relapse or how many slips in a month equal relapse and how many relapses overall will equal no progress. So these are all really good things to think about. And, and again, we're not trying totally to individual. Yes. Based definitely. on how One often someone's slipping or how, how often someone's not managing. Right. We just have to make sure that the process is moving because that makes it easier for everyone. Yes. Everyone, if, if there's routine and structure to this, everybody's going to feel better and it's easier to follow. Mm-hmm. It's good for both of you. So those are all, I think, really important pieces of things to, to discuss. And that, I think we're getting real close to the end there. Do you have any last thoughts, David? I think this is good. I'm glad we put this into two episodes. There was more here than we thought. Mm-hmm. But this is good. And in coming episodes, we're going to talk about the disclosure and recovery process, which I really like to talk about. So stay tuned. Yes. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com.